it was a breakup of like, we are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. You know, you hang out with a bunch of fools, you're gonna make foolish decisions. When we dated the first time, she was really mean to me. And You're listening to Let's Get Naughty. A podcast for real talk and honest conversations about all things relationships and marriage. The good, the bad, and the naughty. Whether you're already married, almost married, or wanting to get married, we're here to help you build a solid foundation for a love that lasts. Let's get naughty, y'all. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of having on Kristen and Scott Kadersha. We're so excited about this. Let's tell you a little bit about them. Scott and Kristen have been married since September 15th, 2001. So for 21 years, they currently live in Waco, Texas with their four teenage sons. Scott serves as the marriage pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church after serving marriages at Watermark Community Church in Dallas for 14 years. He is the author of Ready or Not, 12 Conversations Every Couple Needs to Have Before Marriage, and he also has a devotional book coming out. And he also blogs at scottkadersha.com. He has a ton of resources on his website. We are very excited because the ministry that we have served in, um, and that's really helped us grow our marriage, was founded by Scott Kadersha and has now been spread out to so many um, churches across the country. And so, yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot to teach us, so we're excited to have a conversation. Yeah, he, we have seen him and, like, heard from him a lot over the years, but it's really fun to hear, like, from him and his wife and hear about their marriage. So much of what we believe about marriage, what we've learned about marriage, the tools that we've taught here on this podcast, the things that we use and we counsel our couples in comes from a lot of Scott's ministry. And so we're just really glad to have them on. There's so much wisdom packed into this episode. So you're going to enjoy it. Let's hop right in. Scott and Kristen, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so good to be here. We love getting to do this and get to be with you guys. We're really excited to hear about all of your like professional marriage wisdom. But obviously, we want to start with your story. You guys have been married for 21 years. Tell us more about how you met and fell in love and started a family of four kids. Sure. Um, Well, Scott was my student is kind of how it all started. So we are both physical therapists (laughs) and uh, I'm a couple years ahead of him. And so he was assigned to me for what we called clinical rotations. And I was dating somebody else at the time, but Scott was as he has said in the past, hot for teacher. Um, From the moment (laughs) we met, he was like, oh, wow. so it was not love at first sight for me because I was involved with somebody else at the time. But we um, ended up dating after <clears throat> some time and obviously a breakup with the other person. And then we um, we broke up and then ended up, I asked him out the second time around. And after that, it was pretty quick. We kind of knew um, that it was we were either going to move forward or it was going to be really short dating the second time. And really the difference was the first time we dated, we both were new believers, had never dated as believers. Um, and we're really putting each other either on a pedestal or just in the wrong order. Um, and so we both, right. when we broke up the first time, got serious about our walk with Jesus and what that meant for a marriage, a future marriage. And then when we got back together, it was completely different. Yeah. When she said that she's a, few years ahead of me, that means that she's three years older than me. That's like the only thing I have on her is that she's definitely my cougar. She's three years and one day older than me. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it was a mess. Like the first time we dated, she's like the kindest person now. But when we dated the first time, she was really mean to me. And so, and I was (laughs) emotionally pathetic. And so she would, you know, if she was nice to me, we ended up working together too, which made it really hard. And so if she was nice to me, that my day was great. If she was mean to me, then I would literally go to the little chapel in the hospital where we worked and I, I would cry for a few <laughs> moments every day. And, uh, and so I was kind of emotionally pathetic and she was really mean. And so, you know, in that we were, like she said, we weren't believers, but we're so immature in our faith and mm. everything did change when we both really started walking with Jesus that mm. I became a little less emotionally pathetic. She became a lot less mean 
And the second time we did, it was radically different than the first. That's so cool. Do you feel like you needed that break to like separate, like not dating each other to get your priorities straight? What did that look like in that break? Yeah, I mean, definitely it was a it was a breakup of like, we are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. Like, I think we might have been the inspiration for <laughs> T-Swift on that song. Like, it was, okay. <laughs> it's like, we're done and we're never dating again. And we can be friends. We can see each other in the gym, you know, where we worked, but the hospital where we worked, but it needed to be a, a clean break and, you know, mm. and start over. And, and I think we're, you know, we're, we both just got really involved with, small group community community group and started serving and that's where we really grew i think we we did need it because you know jesus was an ultimate in our lives in any way and so we needed that season for him to become the most important thing to us so that she actually uh she asked me out the second time around because i just had this pretty significant transformation and she did as well and and so we we needed it. I never, never, ever would have guessed that we would have gotten back together. And it was a great, it was a great surprise. It was the best surprise. <laughs> that's so cute. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we that's part of our story too. Is Somewhat that similar? Yeah. I mean, we dated poorly and we mm-hmm. broke up, and um, you know, it took us like really growing. And you know, we took our really in our engagement season to um, start to kind of like take God's path and start to grow in that. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, I love hearing that. So when, when you guys got back together, like what was it that brought you guys back together? Like Kristen, what did you see in Scott? Well, there was, like you said, there was a change in both of us. And so I just, I'm, we weren't seeing each other as often cause we had changed jobs, but, um, I was still around him enough and really I, I missed like the friendship that we had. Um, and I realized that I was probably letting go of something that I would regret later. And so I asked him out in uh, October and then we got engaged in February and then we got married um, in September, the week of 9-11. So it was 2001, September 15th, 2001. So it was, like I said, it was quick. Once we had that first date, I think by the time we had a second date, we were like, okay, are, are we really in this or are we out? And so we were in it. It's really hoping she'd say my <laughs> devastatingly good looks is what I said. <laughs> That's what I but mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she, she didn't miss that. <laughs> she couldn't yeah. resist. Actually, another, I think another cool part of our story is that we were, you know, she was in a, a single women's community group. I was in a single guys community group. And my guys and her women told, you know, really encouraged us to break up the first time mm-hmm. uh, or to break up. And then it was the same group of people who, you know, kind of go, hey, have you seen what's going on with Scott lately. And hey, Scott, have you seen what's going on with Kristen? Like, I think if you ended up getting back together, this would actually could be a good thing. And so, Mm. you know, the same community that was really a a big part of us breaking up played a huge role in us getting back together. Like we had both of their blessings to to continue or to to try this thing again, which was a huge fact. Like we weren't going to move forward without the input of our community. And so both of our communities were really in favor of us trying this thing again the second time that's so cool yeah that's That's amazing and it's so hard you know like when you're dating it it really it does matter what you know your friends and your advisors are saying and so for people who are dating like how, how do you think like how did you guys and like how how do people find advisors and friends mm-hmm. that can counsel them in looking for a good spouse to give good advice <laughs> yeah that, that actually gives good advice yeah, it's so important, right? And I think one yeah. of one of the fallacies is that you can only go on group dates. Like you have to be in a group every time you date. You can never get one on one time. And while I think that's important to do that, sometimes you also need some of that one on one. But I think the the biggest problem I've seen over the years with couples is you've got a a guy who loves Jesus, a girl who loves Jesus, and they're both really active in their church, and they, you know, they're serving and they're with their community, and then they meet each other, and all of a sudden they're like gone. Nobody sees them anymore. And, you know, they, they lose all their friendships because they're, you know, they're so in love with each other and they've got to spend all this time together. And nobody's really speaking into the relationship. Nobody is counseling them. Nobody's, you know, challenging them, encouraging them. And so largely like how you get that community, it starts 
as soon as possible as a single person. And those same people you have around you are the ones who really help you decide if this is the right person to move forward with and, and then to give you feedback on, on your relationship. And so hopefully it doesn't start when you're dating. It really starts a long time before. Mm -hmm. So you've got some people around you who mm -hmm. can help just help guide yeah. you along the way before you even get in the relationship. Yeah, that's so true. Community is so important. And I think that's definitely one thing that like culturally is not, a, is not valued enough. And we've seen that so much with the couples that we've counseled in our own experience. Like it really is important to have people that you can trust speak in too, because we've also seen a lot of people getting red lights and green lights from people that shouldn't that you shouldn't really care what they have to say because they they're not actually like they don't have the same values or they don't have the same insight into your relationship so there there are layers to that that are really important I love that your story is such a testament to that on both sides mm -hmm. like knowing hey you guys are not healthy you you need yeah. to not do this and then being able to call out like you guys are ready for this and and that's that's cool have you had relationships during your, like, since you've been married that have blessed you guys? Like, how have you, you know, taken that principle and applied mm -hmm. to it, like, during your marriage? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I mean, that was one of our one of our wedding vows. We wrote our own vows, and that was one of the things that we promised to each other is that we would never live life apart from, you know, biblical community. Because mm -hmm. we, it's Proverbs thirteen twenty: he who walks with the wise grows wise, a companion of fools will suffer harm. And so I really believe, we believe that like to our bones yeah. that, um, you know, you hang out with a bunch of fools, you're going to make foolish decisions. If you hang out yeah. with wise people, you'll grow wise. And so, you know, we were at Watermark Community Church for 18 years in Dallas and uh, we were in the same group with four other couples. We were together for over 13 years and wow. it was like, they were, I did not like them at times or <laughs> wired very different than we are. Like the guys all made three times as much money as I did. They were more introverted. They, um, yeah, they all had kind of business jobs for the most part. And then, you know, I'm in ministry, not making as much different personality. They all loved hockey, which was random <laughs> and, and they bonded in so many ways, but man, those were mm. like, those men were, were the greatest gift apart from mm. Jesus, apart from my wife, you know, those men were, incredible and in, in helping sharpen me and then helping sharpen our marriage. And so we, you know, we've really tried to stick to that. We moved to Waco a little over two years ago and it's, we're making community, but it's hard to make, you can't make old friends quickly. Like it just takes right. time. Yeah. yeah. You don't have 13, that 13 years, years is a long time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to start over when you're old like us and uh, <laughs> or old like me. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, we still deeply, deeply value it. And we're, building it and miss not having those kind of depth of relationships that we had in Dallas. Anything you know? Yeah. I mean, it's looked, you know, before that group of 13 years, we had an, another group that was part of when Scott was in seminary. Right. And so, you know, it's, it has looked different at different stages, but, mm -hmm. um, and even when, you know, we've thought, are these, are these really the people we should be in community with? Like the Lord is always faithful to remind mm -hmm. you like, people you're in community with don't have to be just like you. Um, yeah. They just need to be devoted to God's word and willing to speak into your life and to listen. And um, it does take time. And so it, it will look different in different seasons, but it's just something that, you know, even on the, the days where we're supposed to go to meet with a group, our, you know, our life group community group, you know, sometimes we're like, Oh, do I really want to go? And we just, we have to remind each other, like, this is something we value, something that we've seen just, proven over and over again that it's very important for us as a married couple, as parents, as um, like everything in life. We right. just need somebody else to help us see the things that we would miss um, or the things that yes. we can't figure out on our own, the two of us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We yeah. couldn't agree more. Our like walking faithfully with other people, inviting them into our lives. Like we can't imagine our marriage without it because We've done it from the start and it's mm -hmm. so valuable. Did you do a foundation group, a newly married group? At, at, uh, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. yeah. So we did um, after we got married. Uh, so we, we came to Watermark and then we uh, jumped straight into community and a foundation group. And so it was, you know, foundation group is just a like course and 
um, community group combined where you're really going through and just like learning about marriage. And we had like an, um, an older couple that counseled us. And that was just one of like a really foundational experience for us and Mm -hmm. just how open they were and how, how they just like said like, Hey, marriage is a lot of work and here's all of our stuff that we're working through. And yeah, yeah. They always lived their lives very like open (laughs) for us to see what 13 years in could look like. And yeah, I mean, that was really powerful. It's awesome. Good way to go. I, I think this is kind of going off of that, but like what, what are misconceptions of marriage that you see um, people that are, you know, looking to get married have, right? Cause we, you know, we're all kind of blind and especially the two of us. So what are some of those blind spots that you see in couples? It's good. It's a great question. So we actually, we talked about this last night and we, we had two radically different <laughs> answers, but I think they'll be, they're both true. And so you want to, you want to share yours first? Um, I think mine was that, people just think it's going to be easy. And then if it's not easy, like they kind of want to just jump ship. So, um, yes, that was, that was my gut reaction. But then Scott's was, yeah, mine was that everyone thinks marriage is too hard. And so they don't want to do it. Like <laughs> divorce rates are, you know, 50% and they don't know anyone who's happily married. Uh, yeah. and so instead of getting married, why would I sign up for that? Like there's, I don't know any married couples who are happy and who enjoy it. And so my thought is a misconception is nobody likes it. And so I'm just going to shack up with someone, have sex with as many different people. Mm -hmm. And then maybe when there's no good options left, then maybe I'll get married because it's just too stinking hard. And so I do, I do think both of those are true. I think there's a, yeah. Yeah. What Kristen said about, once the going gets tough, people are like, we made the wrong decision. This isn't my soulmate. Right. I don't think I, I don't think we did it right. And so therefore I must go on to the next right person because this first person I thought was the right person isn't. And so there's got to be another one. I think that's true. Okay. And then I do think the church and like married people do not do a good job of mm. all we talk about is how hard marriage is. Like marriage is hard. You're going to die. You can't handle it. You're too selfish. <laughs> It's not made for people like you. And like, so why would somebody want to sign up for that? So I'm like, I've been on this vendetta the last 15 years of, of like, I want to change the message about marriage that while it is hard, like, let's talk about how great it is. It's never easy and, you know, no relationship. It's a, Paul Tripp says, you know, marriage is, it's a fallen person, a flawed person, marrying a flawed person in a fallen world with a a faithful redemptive perfect savior and so of course we're going to struggle like that that's like breathing it's going to happen and so we need to expect it but at the same time we need to talk more about the great stuff of marriage and the great part of parenting and you know instead of just saying how much it stinks and how hard it is and so i think both of those are true that we say it's too easy we say it's too hard uh both are true but we got to change the message yeah (laughs) I love that answer so much. We recorded an episode on soulmates and we talked about that exact thing that Kristen said of like, we see that a lot. People assume it's supposed to be easy. And when it's not, they're like, oh no, I married the wrong person. This must be wrong. So we, that's totally culturally talked about, but then we totally agree that like the conversation around marriage is that it's just like such a drag and the ball and chain and all that. And like, really like we, one of our biggest prayers for our marriage is just always that it would like reflect joy and goodness. And like one of the best compliments I feel like we can get from people is that our, like seeing our marriage makes like gives them hope that they can have a happy, joyful marriage. Cause we do have so much joy. And Mm -hmm. I completely agree that like, we need to do a better job while we talk about how it is a sacrifice and you have to die to yourself and it is challenging. It's also like truly and not just like, Oh, it's rewarding, but it's like, it's so much fun. Like it's so yeah, fun. Yeah. That's such a good answer. So good. I love that. There's a, <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a quote by this guy named Justin Buzzard. And he says the most countercultural thing we could do is to be mm. happily married till death do us part. And like yes. that, it shouldn't be that way. Like we should, there should, I love the way that you share about like how you want God to use your marriage and what you want people to see in you. We need yeah. more of that. 
right? Of, of yeah. people who are thoughtful about that. And then in the old ball and chain, it's like, it's miserable. It's hard. Yes, but change the message that people actually right. see the greatness of this incredible gift. Oh, yeah. So good. And it's funny. I work in a very male dominant <laughs> finance industry. And yeah. so like, that is such a culture. Yeah, yeah. That's like totally the language that you mm. get, you know, like, huh. Well, you know, the old lady has to have me home for dinner tonight right, or something, right. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just like whatever, whatever the message is, but it, it so much is that. And, you know, I, I think sometimes rather than just talk about like how hard it is, I think it's also fun to like laugh about marriage. Mm. I think like, oh, yeah. I think that's part of doing marriage together with other people is to say like, well, she does this and I do this and we're kind of crazy, but we love each other and it, it can yeah. create some good laughs. Yeah. It's good. That, yeah. I, I love yeah. that misconception. I think you're so right. It, it goes both ways for sure. Look, y'all, with divorce rates near 50%, there is no question getting married is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make. That is why we created Ready to Not, our premarital course to help you build a solid foundation for a lasting marriage. You'll take the world's leading relationship assessment, get a personalized report on the strengths and growth areas of your relationship, and watch lessons where we help you understand your results and give you tools and exercises to grow in nine different areas. This is designed to give you structure to have the important conversations you need to have and to get clear on your expectations and everything from finances to family, conflict, sex, roles, faith, and so much more. Research has proven that investing your time in a course like this will increase your marriage success rate by 30%. Don't just prepare for your wedding day. Invest time preparing for the lifelong marriage that will follow it. And if you're already married, can we just say that this would make an amazing wedding gift? With Ready to Not, we'll help you move into marriage with clarity and confidence. And a special discount just for Let's Get Naughty listeners? Go to knottedmarriage.com slash ready to not and use code LGK25 for $25 off. That's knottedmarriage.com slash R-E-A-D-Y-T-O-K-N-O-T and use code LGK25 for $25 off. Now back to the episode. So what do you see as some of the like bigger roadblocks to a healthy marriage? Like once people get in, <laughs> whether they decided it was going to be too hard or too easy, once they're in a marriage, like I know you've counseled so many couples over the years. What do you see as like big themes of where people get stuck? The one that came to mind first for me was just isolation. So it kind of goes back to talking about community. But I think if yeah. if you have not kind of bought into the importance of that, or if you end up in a group that you're not excited about, um, you can tend to just pull out as a couple or even as one of the, one spouse. Um, and then you, again, like you just choose to do what you want to do and you forget that you're selfish and you just kind of follow your own selfish flesh. And a lot of times mm -hmm. nobody hears both sides of the story. Arguments turn into it's, it's his fault. Um, and then suddenly you, you know, you think you, you've worked your way out of the marriage and that's just um, mm. an easy way of, you know, kind of falling off the tracks and not, not doing well in marriage. Yeah. I would say along those lines, like I'll choose choosing my words very carefully, but um, since moving to Waco and I've kind of kept track of the number of couples who reach out to me for help and for counsel. And so mm. I work at a church called Harris Creek Baptist church in Waco, Texas I'm the marriage pastor. And so if somebody struggles, they're going to reach out. And it's it's somewhere between 90 and 95% of the couples who reach out for help in their marriage are isolated. They're not in a community mm -hmm. group. They're not in a life group. They have no support around them. And so I completely concur with Kristen. Now, being in a in a group doesn't mean you're going to have an easy, happy marriage all the time. Sure. But I'm shocked at like, the, I shouldn't be shocked at like how high the percentage of is of couples who are struggling and just have nobody around them. So mm. definitely isolation. The, the first one that I thought of was, you know, was selfishness and, mm. you know, James 4, 1, what causes fights and what causes quarrels among you, it's selfish desires that wage war within us. And, uh, you know, the reason we fight is not because of 
kids and money and jobs and all those things may be challenging. The reason that we will disagree and will struggle, uh, you know, the biggest obstacle in our relationship is, is selfishness. And, you know, I, uh, Paul says in First Timothy one fifteen that he's the chief sinner, you know, and so I, I read that and I'm like, man, there's there's something about Paul wasn't married, but he acknowledges the fact that the biggest problem in every relationship is not the other person. And it's so easy for me to blame Kristen for disagreements. But if I really believe that the biggest problem in my marriage is myself, you know, that I'm the chief sinner and, you know, I'm going to trust, like she's got her part. She's not, she's not flawless and perfect in any way, you know, and it's pretty darn close to it at times, but she's not, uh, she's not perfect. And so, you know, I'm going to trust the spirit to work in her, but if I would just own my stuff first, that radically changes things. And so the reason we fight is because I'm selfish. And so instead of blaming my spouse, if I learned to deal with my stuff and admit that I'm a big problem, that would change things dramatically. So isolation, selfishness, I mean, there's, there's certainly others, but I think those are probably two of the bigger ones that come to mind immediately. I love that the theme of community came up again, right? So in your story and in what you've seen in couples, that's that number 90 to 95%. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that does show how powerful it is to one, to be surrounded by people and then what it means when you're not and how that can cause, not cause you to struggle, but you don't have those safeguards. So I feel like since we've talked about community, can you like paint a picture for the listeners? Cause I think we probably have a similar um, idea of what it means because we come from the same church background, but for our (laughs) listeners who like, maybe they don't understand this concept, maybe they're hearing this and they're like, Oh, we do kind of live in isolation. Like, can you paint the picture of what it looks like to surround yourself with other couples and live openly in community? Yeah. Well, let me add to this. Like, maybe like, how do you find this too? You know, Mm. like, let's say you just moved from Dallas to Waco or, you know, like you're newly married and, you know, or whatever the circumstances are. If, if, if a couple is saying, Hey, we're a little bit isolated, like how do we find community and what's good community? It's good. Let me take those as two separate. So the, the first one, just like, what does it look like is, and I love the way that we talk about it at Harris Creek, our church in, in Waco. You know, we say for a healthy group, it has to have the ABCs of, of community. And so A is that we're authentic, that we're real, that we acknowledge that we're not perfect, that we've got sin and we've got struggles. And that right off the bat, like that is such an icebreaker just to be real and authentic and honest. It's scary just to admit, like, I've got some stuff and I got junk and I got challenges, but a a really healthy community doesn't wait and just sit around and wait for somebody else to be authentic. They're really going to risk, take a risk and just share, you know, and say, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where we're struggling. So being authentic. Second is being biblical. And so, you know, that we would like our counsel that we give to each other is not going to be like, Scott's opinion or Kristen's opinion, it's going to be grounded in God's word. And so a healthy community is authentic. A healthy community is biblical. And then third, we say a healthy community is committed. And so I love that last C, like the first one you always hear being authentic and being biblical, but like committed means that we're we're there for each other. We're not going to, you know, we've got a million different things we can choose to do and great TV shows we can watch or a million excuses to not go to group. But if we're going to be, you know, a healthy community, we've got to be committed to each other that like, we're going to carry each other's burdens. We're going to be there for each other. Uh, We only miss if we're sick or we're traveling. And so this becomes a really, really high commitment in our lives. And so being authentic, being biblical, being committed, there's certainly more to it, but that's what I think a really healthy community looks like. And so, you know, that means we gather consistently and I would never prescribe what that looks like and where you do it. It's more the, you know, the, the function of community, the form of it can be really different. It could be a Sunday morning, a Sunday night. It could be, you know, 30 minutes. It could be two hours. It's whatever it takes to make it work. We meet every other week as, as couples. And so we're in a group with four other couples and then we meet separately as guys and girls, not every week, but, you know, every other week or so. And, and honestly, I think I wish we did it more often. 
but we just try to be authentic, biblical and, and committed with those other, other couples. Any, anything you'd add to that? Um, no, I think part of what Scott said is being authentic is like, you have, you may have to be the one that leads the yeah. way and you may have to be okay with silence on one, you know, for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, when people haven't experienced really deep, authentic, biblical committed community, it right. takes a while. Like everybody's kind yeah. of thinks it's weird that you're willing to, you know, talk about your finances, talk about your parenting. Like most people to start with, don't trust other people to speak into that. Even, mm. you know, cause a lot of it, even though we are going by God's word, a lot of it feels like, well, it's your kid's different or this situation's different. Mm. So I just gaining that trust and I think is a little bit of a challenge, but again, it's being committed to all of those things and sticking with it. And you know what? like the Lord's doing something in you, even if at that moment you don't feel like, this is working or this is not what I thought it would look like. It's still a way that he is sanctifying you and allowing you to speak into somebody else's life at the same time. Yeah. It's getting them where, you know, where you find it is such a great question. You know, I I think we're more and more and more isolated, you know, largely because of Mm -hmm. of phones. We just like have lost the ability to communicate and make face-to-face friendships. And so, um, you know, hopefully the body of Christ, the church can help, uh, of, you know, looking for ways to connect with other, other couples. Uh, it just takes time. It's just like, it's hard work. And I've heard this said a lot, community is not found, it's forged. And mm-hmm. so forging means it's like an active process. It's going to take time. It's going to take sharpening. It doesn't, it's not like, you know, you're walking along the ground and you see a dollar bill on the ground, and you pick it up. It's not like, that's not how community, you don't find it that way. You know, it, it takes really, really hard work, intentional work. It takes time, you know, to build those relationships and build trust, but hopefully churches should be the best place to find like-minded people in, in a similar season of life. With their marriage, like having the same purpose and mission. That's yeah. really what you get through the yeah. church. Yeah, we totally agree. Yeah. But I love that you pointed out, Kristen, that like sometimes you have to lead in authenticity because I think that's a great point of like how you find it too. Like, first of all, you forge it, you don't find it, but you sometimes it does mean just stepping out and being the bold one to be like, hey, here's my junk. Like, here's what I'm really struggling with. Here's here's what's in my past. And sometimes having that boldness to take that step, like that's where those relationships start. And then, you know, you continue to commit and, and build that, but that's a great point in, and yeah. how to create it. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that. That's such a good point. It's like, that's what, what I love about our pastor, JP. He's like so authentic mm-hmm. from the stage and, and almost it's like, it gives me permission that you know, that I can be authentic and be real because I know if he's going to do it, then I can certainly do it. It's like authenticity breeds authenticity. Most people find that refreshing. They're like, oh, wait, they have issues. I thought it was just me. And so just like hearing somebody else confess or share, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone. I'm not, you know, I don't need to fight this battle on my own. Somebody else has been there or listened to it. That's like one of the best parts of community though. Sorry, Christian, I just want to point this out is when you're in community with other people and people share something and you're like, wait, that is me too. And then you can laugh and say, Hey, I'm not crazy. (laughs) And my partner's not crazy either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you guys have a lot of knowledge and experience and counseling and just about marriage. I mean, you guys kind of like literally wrote the book on it. (laughs) And so, what have been things that like you guys might know um, and have the knowledge about, but are just hard to apply in your own marriage? How much time do we have? Cause we can go <laughs> <laughs> without question. I think, you know, we have counseled couples for years to pray together mm-hmm. and to pursue Jesus together. And we've done a 10 out of 10 job individually of, quiet times and prayer and studying the word. And like, she's incredibly consistent. I'm consistent. What we have not done a great job of is just like sitting down with each other and Mm. Hey, what is God showing you? What is God teaching you? What are you learning? Like right now I'm going through Isaiah in my quiet times and going through a really couple good devotionals. Kristen's going through a study on Elijah and doing a devotional and, 
and we're both doing like this great stuff and you know our affections for jesus are growing but we don't take the time to don't make you know we don't create the time to sit down and go here's what i've learned this week and then second we, we're doing a much like a, a it's a great job now, but for years we really struggled with praying together. Like I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit it, but it's just, it's been a consistent battle that um, yeah. I fall asleep too quickly at night. We're prioritize other things where, you know, we just don't make it a priority. And, you know, I've, I've got a new book coming out in a year <laughs> that's on prayer for couples. And I'm mm. so excited about yeah. it. And largely because I was convicted and wanted to create a resource that would help couples not make the same mistakes that we did for, for marriage in so long. And so those are, I feel like those are obvious answers, but they're, but they're true. Just sharing what God has been teaching us and then consistently praying with each other. We pray for each other, but consistently right. praying together as a couple. Yeah. Those are probably the two most obvious ones, I think, in our day to day. And I, I think especially the praying together, I mean, part of that is because we didn't, we didn't start that when we got married. Like, yeah. I don't, maybe we heard people say that, but we did not initiate it. And so like to all of you that are newly married, like start that now, yeah, <laughs> like make it a habit from day one. And then you don't really have to create time when you have four children running around, like you've already figured out ways and you know, just the greatness of it instead of just trying to fit it in and make it a priority when other things have already risen to the top. That's such good advice. Thank you for sharing from a place of authenticity. Yes. <laughs> we, that's honestly, I mean, just like we just said, like to hear you share that, I'm sure like I, I even feel like, oh man, it's not only us because we struggle with the mm -hmm. same things. Honestly, I'd say like those are probably two of the things that we're worst at in our marriage. Would you agree? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I think, you know, from like leading in our relationship i think that's one area that i feel that i f have failed at mm -hmm. the most is probably like having um that spiritual intimacy where we're learning and praying together, together and yeah. that i lead out in that and um it's like very refreshing just to you know see someone who does this you know like this is your living this is like what you're known for and like hey like this you know like we all have stuff that we're not as good at because it's so easy to compare and say hey if i was married to Kristen or scott kadersha mm -hmm. then you know our our prayer life together would be amazing right you know like it's so easy to look at that and so um, yeah well thank you you're kind and uh god has been kind to us you know that um mm -hmm that he allows us to have what we have in spite of, you know, and I've, Kazmir, I feel, feel the same way of like, I have not led my family well in that. And, and tomorrow's, you know, to God's mercies are new every day. And so I can choose either to wallow in pity and, you know, be myself up over it, or I go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make changes to pray. So, so if I can, pivot on it a little bit, like a few things that we've done recently that have really helped with those two things specifically, especially on the prayer side is that, you know, one up our anniversary is September 15th. And so for years, I, I'm, I'm probably getting away. This is one of the things I have on, on our um, naughty list for later, but I'll, yeah. I'll share it now is, um, it. yeah, is, uh, is a prayer alarm. It's so simple, but our, you know, our anniversary mm -hmm. is September 15th. And so 9.15, I've got my alarm set to pray for my marriage. And so usually that's by myself. It's not like we're together at 9.15 at night, like we're both home, but she might be in one room, I'm in another. But that alarm goes off and, and it's a great reminder because I've always got my phone with me, a great reminder to pray you know, for our marriage. And then the another one, I've got an alarm set uh, at bedtime. So, you know, it, it was 11 o'clock. We, we go to bed too late. So I just actually bumped it back to, to 1030 just to help us get to bed earlier. But 1030, that alarm every day is for us to pray together. And so like Kristen said before, if, if we had set this as a pattern from day one of marriage, we would just do it naturally. But when you're mm, seasoned, maybe, yeah, when you're seasoned and, and <laughs> dumb and foolish, like I am for so long, you have to set an alarm and, and I'm, and I'm like, it's working. I don't care what it takes and how right. 
basic it is, it works because it's a, a reminder at 915 for me to pray for Kristen, to pray for my marriage or for our marriage. And then at 1030, a reminder for us to, you know, to pause before we go to bed, you know, before we watch TV, before we're intimate with each other. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to take a few minutes just to pray together as a couple. And it's been it's been awesome. Like I said, it's so basic and obvious, but it works. And so it's like do what you're, whatever you have to do to yeah. to help you draw closer to the Lord and to each other. Well, I think a lot of times you have to change it up too. Like what works for a season may comes a habit, but also we kind of get in a rut and then you kind of like, you just hit snooze on that alarm, you know, in three months, that alarm may not be what works. We may have to do something else. And so kind of to, you know, tag on to the end of, you know, not beating yourself up because some things will work really well for a time. And then something changes, your job changes, you have kids, like it just needs to be something that you're always like, Hey, how are we doing? Checking in on like, I feel like we've fallen off or, Hey, let's try something different just to keep it fresh and new and something that we enjoy and look forward to as much as we can. Yeah. That's a great one. I love that. So everyone take their anniversary (laughs) day and put in a pray for your spouse. Do you know what time ours would be? Yes. <laughs> Ten twenty-one. Yeah, I do. We just had our anniversary, oh, so it's, congrats. congrats! Yeah, just a couple days yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's great. And I mean, we are so busy, and we're all so attached to our phones. Like that's <clears throat> a great way for us to get it, actually get it in. Yeah. I know I pray for you a lot, but that is one thing that we'd like to do a better job is of is praying together because I know that that's such a unifying experience, and it like helps us get on the same page about what the Lord has in store for us and um, yeah, creating like finding a rhythm. I love that idea of like praying together when we go to bed each night, like just, you know, whatever that rhythm might be finding a, a habit a routine to make that happen is yeah. good. Yeah. We'll have to try that. Yeah. We get, That's a good yeah. one. That's a good way. <laughs> I'm glad I, you brought I feel, that up. I feel I, challenged by this now. Good. So. Well, good. I was going to ask you um, for sneak peeks on your book. Cause I'm like, give us all the wisdom. What can we do to pray more? So I'm excited to read your book. When yeah. that comes out. Well, I'm excited. I'm super excited. So, so like I just read uh, this study and watched a sermon about a year ago that said the divorce rate for couples who pray together out loud on a consistent basis is like less than 1%. Yes. Which is ridiculous. That, okay, I remember hearing that. That's insanity. That yes. is amazing because we we heard something similar, but we we have just like generic information. Like, yeah, pray together out yeah. loud consistently. That's really powerful. Wow, that's so yes. Cool. And, and you don't pray. It's not like God change my spouse and help her to be less <laughs> selfish, and you know that she would want to have sex with me all the time. That's not how you pray. It's you know right. Yeah. So my, the, the book that I wrote is um, it's a hundred ways to pray for your relationship. And so it's all these attributes mm-hmm. of Christ. So we know Christ was the perfection mm-hmm. of humility and um, resilient, uh, community centered, fun, listen. He was a great, the perfect listener. And so every one of these, you know, traits, it's a way that you pray. I'm going to pray that I would be a good listener, that Kristen would be a good listener, that our marriage would be marked by listening, that I would be humble, that Kristen would be humble, that our marriage would be marked by humility. And so just a hundred different ways to to pray. Honestly, it's a, you're praying to be more like Christ. And so if we both become like Jesus, then I think that's how we change our marriage. It's not by, you know, not by studying tips and tricks on marriage, but by becoming more like Christ. And so that's what I'm that's what I hope to see happen in this book is that we would pray these attributes out loud together on a consistent basis so that God would change us so that our relationship and marriage can be radically different. I'm pumped about oh, I'm so it. So excited yeah. for it. That yeah. sounds great. Thanks. I want to ask you guys like 10 million questions because <laughs> y'all have clearly so much wisdom. One thing that came to mind when you just mentioned that, like, I, I know I've heard you talk, Scott, about like, dating your spouse i know you have on your website a a bunch of lists of like creative dates can you talk about what that has looked like i know you guys have 21 years into marriage now like how what has that looked like for y'all and what advice do you have to seek like to continue to date your spouse well i think you know like one thing would be you do what you do you like what works for your relationship is what you should should really strive for which takes some work to figure out but like so 
some couples will say you've got to do you got to date your spouse this many times a month and you need to do this and and I'm, I've learned more and more over the years, like you figure out what works for your relationship and that changes in seasons. So, you know, there was a season when we had young kids, four young kids, and the best date for us was putting our kids to bed as early as we could get takeout and then watch college football on a Saturday night. And so like, we didn't have a lot of money. We couldn't pay for a sitter. And so, it was just doing like we were together enjoying good food and watching something we love as our kids were all in elementary school or all you know, like we had they were all in school all day the best thing for us was that we would go on a date during the day that i would use a vacation day and we'd drop the kids at school and the and the two of us would just go do fun stuff around dallas you know we'd go to a museum we'd go to coffee shops we'd uh, go enjoy a good meal together. We, you know, we get to come home to an empty home and be intimate with each other <laughs> in the middle of the day, which is like, that's, we can't do that on the weekend, you know, where when kids are around. And so that changed during a season. Now we both have off on Fridays. Christian works two Fridays a month. I'm off every Friday. And so Fridays typically become our, you know, day that we're together. And, and, and like, we're not, we don't have a ton of money. We're not Waco. There's not nearly as much to do in Waco as there was in Dallas. Good coffee shops. There are plenty of good yes. coffee shops here. But yeah, yeah. So like Waco's coming up in the world. That's for sure. It is. It sure is. It is. Absolutely is. Yes. Yeah. So the, like the biggest thing is being together, intentional with each other. No kids around. No distractions. And like. Sometimes going shopping could be a, you know, go food shopping. Mm -hmm. Like you're together, you're intentional. There's no, you know, if there's no kids around, like that could be a date. Going to Home Depot could be a date. And so we just fight really hard to find times, <laughs> <laughs> time together when we can yeah, interact sorry. and be intentional. Yeah, that, that one's that. Well, I don't, I can't do anything around the no, house. Home Depot's not a good example for me. He's laughing. This is one of our favorite this. questions. And I was about to follow it up, but you literally just answered the question of yes. what defines a date? Because my our biggest joke is like, we, for well, example. Here's how this came up. Graham, our foundation group leader, one day asked the guys like, hey, men, when was the last time you took your wife on a date? And Catherine was like, oh, like last Friday. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We haven't been on a date in a few <laughs> He's weeks. Like, yeah, I took you to Chipotle. I was like, that was not a date. <laughs> Like we went to Chipotle. We like ate and like that's not a date. Yeah. So, so we had a long like discussion. Yeah, like about... what what defines a date? Like because I was yeah. like, we go shopping together. That's a date. But and that this is a great question that couples should have is yes. what is a defining <laughs> fact? I mean, when you have kids and you have a lot going on, I'm sure that definition changes. For us right yes. now, it, it does. is it has to be planned and intentional. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I told you is I do think Chipotle could be a date, but it's like for me it's like I want to feel like you've like pursued to have sweet time with me, not just like oh, we're like married and we're getting dinner and we're hungry. You know? <laughs> like, like so I totally agree like sometimes some of my sweetest time with you is like is going grocery shopping to you, with you. Normally we do that separately, but the other day we went to Costco together and I was like it's so much more fun with you. Yeah. And it totally can be like that can be dating your spouse. It's more of just like I like that you pointed out. It's going to look different in every season. And I and yeah. I love that you said like hey, it doesn't have to be like a fancy date night every week, but like what what helps you to connect and just like have quality time together. It's really yeah, good. It's good. <laughs> I think yeah, what's the, can count. <laughs> what, what's the study that we've quoted? Like that men oh, report yes. going on dates much more frequently than when, than their wives. <laughs> and so to, to your point, it's like, dude's like, yeah, we drove through Starbucks together and yeah. I, I got you a drink. Is that a date? And she's like, no, that's not a date. Yeah. I think to what you said, Molly, is that, that it was, like it doesn't, it can still be um, impromptu, but it needs to be yeah. kind of intentional. Like, hey, let, yeah. like you have nothing going on right now. I have nothing going on right now. Why don't we escape and go grab coffee together? That that feels more like a right. date than I'm driving through Starbucks and you're in the car. So we're going to call this a yeah. date. Yeah. <laughs> and it does yeah. change. I think kind of the joke we have is I like bet. when I had three or four, you know, toddlers, I would spend lots of hours at Chick-fil-A in the place area. You wouldn't, I would never have said that you could take me to Chick-fil-A on a date. Now, if 
if there was a Chick-fil-A open that we could sit in the dining room, that would be a date, you know, or if you took Chick-fil-A yeah. on a picnic, that would be a date. So yeah. it really does yeah. change. And I think, um, to your point, it's just like, Hey, what, what would you consider a date? And what would I consider a date? And then let's just pursue each other in those ways. That's really good. Thanks for sharing that. Those are good ones. Yeah. Should we ask them about their naughty list? Yeah. I know <laughs> you, you gave a sneak peek of this. So we do like to ask our guests about the naughty list. So this is the K-N-O-T-T-Y list. And so we like, we're going to actually, we should document like everything all of our guests have shared. Because yeah, there's so many good ones. There's People a lot just of good, have yeah. such really good great ideas on just, essentially we see this as like, what are kind of tools you have in your tool belt that you use to keep y'all connected in your marriage? So you mentioned prayer, right? Is that the one you were going to say? Is setting an alarm for praying? Yeah, the alarm? prayer alarm I think for it's sure. setting the alarm. Yeah. 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 On your anniversary. Yeah. yeah, that's really smart. Yes. What else? Yeah, for Do sure. you have any other ideas for your naughty list? Yeah. So uh, we said Friday day date. So we just got another one. Like that's been our consistent big win that we do. That's helps us. Uh, oh, we do, you know, for, for years and years, and we, we've slowed down a little bit just because our kids schedules aren't as crazy, but we would sit down every Sunday and most of the time it was Sunday afternoon. If we had something going on, we'd move it to a different day, but every week we would do a weekly meeting and mm. It was so important. We'd sit down with our calendars and like, here's what you've got Monday night, Tuesday night. Here's what I've got. Uh, when are we going on a date? Hey, reminder that we're teaching together on Wednesday. Uh, we're teaching this weekend. Let's make sure we set time apart aside on Wednesday night to work on the talk together. Who's got what for kids? Like that was such an important, it was probably the, we joked that it was the most important thing we did in our marriage and, and in, many ways it was because it set, I mean, it made sure that we were on the same page with each other. We'd also like, this wasn't the only time we would have a hard conversation, but we would make sure that we were keeping short accounts with each other. We'd look at financial purchases that are coming up. Um, and so that was like, we'd never, ever, ever miss it. It was on our schedule every week to make sure that we are aligned and on the same page with each other. Yeah, I think as our kids have gotten older and their schedules are a little bit more of their own, we don't yeah. have to do that check-in mm -hmm. as much. Um, but there's still plenty of things that the two of us touch base on. Now we can do it a little bit more on the fly yeah. because it's very natural yeah. for us. But um, it was yeah. a really good and helpful habit in the beginning. Yeah. I'm wondering, Kashmir, is this like your sign that we need to start that? Because last we just had <laughs> episode 12. Our last couple that we interviewed, they shared all about their weekly team meetings and they said all the same things. Like they covered a lot of the same topics yeah. you mentioned, but they talked about how much they used it to pay off $80,000 of debt, but they also nice. used it to like talk about their parenting and just like it, they talked about how valuable it was yeah. to keep them united. And and we'll, I'm laughing because I've tried to implement something similar. <laughs> Molly just like lives off of a calendar and a schedule and that's so hard for me. And so uh, He's like, we, we've done it, we've done it like, not occasionally, but like on kind of uh, off and on thing. Yeah, well, like something in his nature to just like resist uh, structure, you know. So I think me trying to implement it structured, he was like not into it. But it actually is encouraging to me to hear you say, Kristen, that like that habit kind of helped y'all where, you know, maybe you don't have those formal meetings anymore, but you still have that like rhythm yeah. of checking in on those topics, which I think yeah. we we mostly do yeah uh, but that's that's a really good one yeah I, I think the question I had is that you guys brought up like using this time to um, keep short accounts or address anything that might be going on like how do you guys do that because I, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that and just yeah. having structured time to say like hey is there anything in our relationship like we need to talk about and not just let kind of simmer or hide under the rug well, I'd say it's helped two different ways. One, um, Kristen's a, a nine on the Enneagram. She's a peacemaker. And so she is, she's just got that in her that she's going to make sure that we're like aligned and seeking mm -hmm. peace in, in our relationships. And then I, you know, like I, I'm just uh, kind of a freak about it as it part, partly as a result of the church culture. I, you know, I come from in Dallas of, great teaching on conflict resolution. And then I've seen the way that it kills couples when they don't deal with stuff. It's, you know, it's 
It's bitterness. It leads to a lack of forgiveness. Uh, I've learned a long time ago from watching a lot of couples, we just can't sweep stuff under the rug. We've got to mm. deal with it. And so, you know, and I, I'm a, I'm a feeler, like I'm a four on the Enneagram. And if anything is out of equilibrium, I just can't handle it. And so I'd say both of our personalities really lend towards, we've got to deal with stuff. So that Sunday meeting, like we do, we do try to do it on the fly all the time that if there's, if there's conflict, we deal with it, but there's sometimes when, you know, we just didn't have time. And so that, that's, that Sunday meeting would be a time that we go, okay, let's really make sure that we're on the same page with each other. And we're, there's nothing that's left unresolved or unsaid. So helpful. And I think we all need that reminder. And I completely agree that having having some sort of rhythm is going to kind of force you to make sure that they're not getting swept under the rug. Yeah. Sometimes there's some wisdom in like, hey, we're not going to address this right in the moment. But then knowing that like in a few days is going to be my chance to bring up like, hey, this kind of bothered me, you know, so just kind of having some sort of structured way to address things is, is really wise. It's good. Yeah. So can I have one, one other thing on the on the naughty list? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a freak about reading. And so I just love good marriage mm. books. And so I, I'm mm. always like, hey, I read this in this book. Let's try it. Or what do you think about this? And and so like anything by Gary Thomas, I'm a huge fan of. It, I just read a book called The Rhythm of Us by Chris and Jenny Graby, where they mm. um, just talk about habits that they've ingrained in their marriage um, I've, I've always, literally always have at least one marriage book going at a time. And so just being like a, it's not like a true thing on the naughty list, but, but I think it's a, a like a disposition of just always being a learner has helped us mm -hmm. that I am a, a, it sounds so prideful. It's not, I don't intend it to be it, you know, like, I am a marriage expert because I've done marriage ministry for mm -hmm. a really long time. Yeah. But man, I've got so much work to do and so much to learn. And so uh, I don't ever want to rest in being an expert. I always want to fight really mm -hmm. hard for our marriage and for the marriages of, marriages of others. And so being a learner mm -hmm. has been really, really important for, for our marriage and, and, you know, and me personally when it comes to marriage ministry and marriages. I am not reading three <laughs> or four marriage books at a time. I don't have to because I've got... This Walking awesome library. guy who's always encyclopedia. Yeah. Always you get reads. all the cliff notes. Yeah, I, I notes. usually am reading one parenting book that takes me yeah. a year to read, um, and then <laughs> we exchange information. Yeah. But yes, yeah. but he he really is very vigilant and mm. does not. He's not going to let things slide by, and I'm grateful for that because mm. I'm not yeah. wired that way. I could easily become complacent and mm. you know satisfied. Um, but grateful that he is um, always That's learning really and always yeah. you know, trying to make us better as a couple and mm. uh, for the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we've said a lot on this podcast is that as a couple, you're either like growing together or you're getting worse. Like you're never static. Yeah. And so I, I just love that perspective of like, you're an objective marriage expert but like you still have growth and you still need to like refresh and um you know like yes. reconnect and things like that yeah so. and, and i think just the posture of humility and something we encourage people of all the time is to be a student of your spouse so i love how you pointed out like being a student of marriage and just like having that posture of like there's always more to learn i can always get better um, and then also like doing that with your spouse, I think just having being a student of, I guess, just the posture of humility to say like, hey, I can always be better. I can always know Kashmir better and love him better. I can always know more about marriage and just having that posture. I think there's so much wisdom in that because you really do see that all the time. A lot of marriages that are happy for a long time or, you know, work for a long time, like they do get complacent because people assume that they've got it figured out, but then they stop fighting for their marriage. So that's so wise. That yeah. that gave me chills when you said that, just because I, I think that's so powerful. Love being able to tell Kristen, hey, here's all the things you need to work on. <laughs> that's the real reason I, I read those books. Yeah. <laughs> to give her a list. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For my list. Yes. Yeah. 
That's really good. That's a really good naughty list. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so much wisdom on yeah, that. Yes, you're welcome. You want to do but, the rapid fire questions? Yeah, so we have a few rapid fire questions for you guys just to get a little more view of some of the dynamics of your relationship. Let's go. And Bring it so on. someone is running late. Who is it in your relationship? It was me tonight, though. You're, oh, yes. okay, yes. okay. You're the Chris, late one. That's yeah, hilarious. Okay. I, yeah, Kristen's always way early. It's I'm the I'm the late one, if I'm which means I'm on time. Ahead. But yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I like to call myself like watermark on time, which I don't know how how it was at the <laughs> Dallas campus, but at Fort Worth, that means you're rolling in like five to ten yeah. minutes late. Yes. And uh, for me, we like I we like actually get. We, I wouldn't say we fight about contention. it, but it's like actually a little bit of a point of a contention in our marriage because I am like, if I'm not in my seat when the lights go dim and the music starts and I'm having to like climb over people to find a seat, it like actually causes me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm yeah. like, no, can we please she, there five She's minutes like early? 10 minutes early and I'm 10 minutes late. <laughs> yeah. So it's really great. <laughs> I feel like there's always someone, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So who, who does the dishes? Both. We actually, at this point, we do the, we let the dishwasher together unless we can get a teenager to do it, and then we don't. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's awesome. So you guys have teenagers now. Can you put it like on the chore list now? <laughs> we try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of past chore list too. Just hoping that right. they offer. Like we're kind of there. Like oh, you ought to be thoughtful enough. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you guys were deserted on an island alone, who would survive longer? Mm. Her. <laughs> no, no question. You said that quickly. <laughs> you have a lot of faith in her. Well, I have very little faith in myself. It'd probably be the better. <laughs> <laughs> but you've watched more Survivor. I think you might be able to start yeah, a fire. True. It's true. <laughs> That is our favorite show. That has been like something we picked up since COVID. Uh, I got like COVID one of the like very early on when it was out and I got shingles and I didn't know I had shingles. And so I was just like, I couldn't sleep for a week straight. Yeah. He was in such pain. He literally couldn't sleep. And and I couldn't move. He could. Yeah. He was on the couch and he quite literally did not stop watching Survivor. I think he watched like a season and a half a day and just watched like 20 <laughs> seasons in a row. Like it's so much Survivor. So That's I like went from never watching Survivor <laughs> yeah. to like being pretty much caught up like, That's awesome. through that period. Yeah. This will date yeah. us. We watched the first season before we were married, right? Yeah. Yes. Live. Oh, wow. Live. Wow. Yes. Live. Like you couldn't Live. binge watch them then. You had to watch them every yeah. single yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Have you continued to watch it since then? Kind of. Like uh, I'm this season, it just depends on whether or not I like the people yeah. on the cast. Yeah, but Casimir, it sounds like the next obvious step for you is to apply for the show to get on there. Oh. Right? Yes. I keep telling him he should. And, he, and every time we watch, he's like, would I be like that guy? Like you, Every time you watch, you're kind of curious, right? Like who would I be for if sure. I were out there? I would not make it. That's not even a question. You You have a chance. I don't know. I'm I'm worried that I'm so competitive and like calculating that I would turn into like one of the people that everyone hates. So that's it. Ruin, ruin your witness. Yeah. There's the, yeah. 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 There's the Christian that's guy really that's too true. competitive and lies so that yeah. he can win. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So that that's uh that's definitely the fear with that. But I've thought about it. I've thought about it. All right. So so here's like a funny question that we love to ask everyone when you guys use the restroom: Is the door open or closed <laughs> with each other? Closed now. Yeah, closed. But she has no bounce. She does not mind coming in while I'm in the bathroom, and I'm like, can I just have my <laughs> twenty minutes of peace? <laughs> I like to read in there, and so it, it's a little bit of a True refuge. Story. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's true. I do. I knock. Really I, I don't go in either. I now knock and crack the door, but I do not let him alone. Sometimes our bathroom previous to it. this house, we it was all one. Like you didn't. Yeah. So if if you were on the there was using no the toilet, toilet, you didn't. Ha- yeah, like if I had to brush my teeth, sorry, gotta be faster. Yeah, can't read when I need to brush my teeth. But her dad, yeah, her dad still goes to the bathroom with the door open, and so it's really weird when we go visit them. Oh, like when you're there, it's open. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just 
yeah, that's enough. Well, no wonder she doesn't have any boundaries <laughs> there, right? She's like, it's yeah. learned. Yeah, it's a learned behavior for Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. That's, that's so hilarious. funny. Because we always joke that we just have such like, I mean, we're pretty much door open, you know, like we'll oh, have we a have conversation. So yeah. we're, we're, we're like discovering how weird it is that is uh, I think we're the only ones that are like true door open people. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, guys. Well, we are very thankful that you guys came on. Cool just to see like people who have been married for a long time and who know a lot about marriage just mm. open up and be really honest about what's gone well, what hasn't. And also just like the wisdom that you do have from that. Um, it's really encouraging just like your overall impact on marriage that you guys have left has been wild. Yeah. And like a very personal thank you for your ministry of your marriage, because it has shaped us and what we know about marriage because of the legacy you've left with your ministry. So we've learned a lot from you in so many ways and we're really thankful. Well, thank you. We're, you're very kind. And uh, thanks for what you're doing to help continue it, right? This this privilege that we get, you know, it's a, it's a terrible privilege of getting to help couples. You know, it's a huge job that no individual or church or couple can do. And so thank you for all you're doing to help couples. And it's exciting to see, like, we're, we're encouraged by the fact that you're even doing this and mm-hmm. You know, using mm. your resources, time, you know, uh, gifts to help pour into other couples. So thank mm. you. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, course. thanks for being here. So I feel like if our co- a lot of the people who are watching this and appreciate a lot of things we talk about are going to love a lot of your resources. Oh, so how can people keep up with you and get some of your resources? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, <laughs> Kristen is pointing to my book. Are you pointing to the book? Yes. <laughs> shameless yeah, product placement. There. Yes, my one shameless product placement plug. So ready or not, ready, K-N-O-T. Like, yes. let's get naughty, ready or not. <laughs> yes, uh, so that, so that good. came out in 2019 with Baker Books and then uh, scottkadersha.com. It's a good thing about having mm-hmm. a weird name is that <laughs> I've got my own URL. Uh, and then my new book, The Ready or Not Prayer Guide, will come out in October of 2023. And uh, so I hope okay. to keep writing more books in the future as well. But um, mm-hmm. so far, this will be my second. But scottkadersha.com and then ready or not. And then all the socials, awesome. yeah, we're both on, um, you know, just search Kadersha, you'll great. find us on anything. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great last name because yeah. it's, it's going to be easy to <laughs> find easy to you find. guys. Yeah, yes. I'll link that all up in the show notes for our listeners. Definitely check out his website because you have so many articles that you've written on lots of different topics and just great resources. So I know Thank people you. will enjoy that. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for another episode of Let's Get Naughty. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you want more encouragement, join us on Instagram and YouTube at Knotted Marriage to check out all the other resources we have to help you build a tighter marriage. If this conversation encouraged you in any way, please consider leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening and posting a screenshot on social media. That support means more than you know and really helps us reach more couples. We'll see you for next week's episode. Go get naughty.